Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple. The mattress, that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. We had a, we would have like this big ass thing and we would bring in like special guests. And mm-hmm. I remember David Michael Wyatt was one with uh, Rodney. Man, look at her. With that nigga voice. And literally, I'm telling you, anybody who knew anything about our youth choir, like we used to travel all over fucking singing and shit. Why yes, I used to sing in the choir. Say that, oh, oh, I, if you know about our choir, our choir was. I'm just saying, because I we feel were, that way about nah, my church's nah, choir. Like, People be saying, like I we, I don't at all. We used to sing with, like we, you know, this is when you know your choir is real. They'll kick your ass out. Yeah. This ain't no goddamn charity. This ain't no participation yeah. trophies. If you can't fucking sing, they're kicking you out of the goddamn I choir. Got set That's down when you know because it's a, I didn't uh, You can't hold a note? No, I could I could sing, but you what I wouldn't alto, do, I was I knew you were no soprano. Alto all day. But what I wouldn't do was them special marches when you go like when they march in in the morning. You ain't had no rhythm. I had no coordination yeah. or no rhythm. So I just walked in and they yeah. were like, No, you throwing everybody. Yeah. Off. I couldn't be in the How you ain't coordinated? When you a kid, you just do you. Yeah, I was always a stiff, self conscious. A stiff. Like, I didn't. Yeah, and she even tried to make that sound good. I was always self conscious. She even tried to no, make I that didn't shit try sound to proper. Make it sound good. <laughs> I'm always a little bit self conscious. <laughs> okay, then. But yes, shout out to David. Um, Michael. Michael Wyatt. Wyatt. I think he is originally from Texarkana, Arkansas. I'm from Texarkana, Texas. If you know anything about Texarkana, it is a real thing. If you are from Texas side, you do not acknowledge Arkansas side, at least up until you're 19. And if you're from Arkansas side, you do not acknowledge Texas side, at least up until you're like 21, 22, because that's when them niggas normally graduated high school. You are now listening to the uh, uh, I thought a bro the nigga reality. said something. Uh, Talk of shit, but they still ain't saying that. We gon' trap this bitch out till the feds come. Run it up, run it up. Huh? What she say? Uh, I thought a pussy hoe said something. Uh, I go when I'm talking, you listen. Jealous. Money bag, yo. I think Spider should have turned your mic out so we could have enjoyed the Well, the way the note said <laughs> we were gonna go in once he started the verse. Yeah. Pay attention to the notes, man. I got the notes. What's good, man? This is episode 295. I'm your host, Anthony. And Roberts alongside my illustrious co-host. Oh, I'm illustrious this time. Yeah, self-conscious. Oh God. <laughs> if we got I that, actually uh, was in the process of messing up the word. I know. So then, I know <laughs> now that's you why. just made it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I go. That's why they call that's why that conscious is our motherfuckers is self-conscious. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> precise. Whatever. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, the last episode was episode 294. That was with Frank Minicon, Casey oh, Polite, yeah. and Shauna Monahan. Spider, you were here running the boards. They did episode 294. And and personally, bro, when I heard it, when, when Artesia sent me the shit, we tried to do this at home. We'll tell that story, too. Artesia oh, sent it to me. I listened to it. I, and they actually did a really good job. And for me, I was like, yo, this is something. Like, because honestly, you're worried about it. It's kind of like leaving your kids at home. Right. To, and, you, and you tell them what they should do or how they should act to make sure everything goes seamlessly. But when I heard it, I was just like, it did a good job. They did. Now I was wondering why I felt like I was having deja vu. What you talking about? Because you were like, we, we were going to tell the story that we did try to do this yeah. at home. So yeah. what's the run of office? We tried to do an episode like we were on Zoom. And we had a miscommunication and I was just like, yo, I ain't feeling the vibe. Cut this shit. And we probably was only like five minutes in because. We're like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And you had a miscommunication. Yeah. Okay. You can say me, but this is the thing. When we're in studio, she's here. Just like a lot of these motherfuckers working from home right now. We already know when we <laughs> call doctor's offices and other places, people ain't really doing their jobs or they get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. She was just super comfortable I when we had started the show. But I was still present. So we're not going to get into who's right or who's No, wrong. we're not. Definitely because well, yeah. we're going to talk about that later, too. I, I'm excited. I don't know what part you're talking about. About the who's right, who's wrong. We got a little bit of a topic to discuss about that. Okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure you'll refresh my mind. I will. So to kick the show off, I do want to talk about Lovecraft Country. 
We were supposed to talk about episode seven. Um, so we're going to talk about episode seven and eight since we've been out the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Man, Arteza hasn't been on an episode since I think like 293. You haven't been on since 292. Right. I haven't been on since 293. I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, because normally it's us all the time. So we also wanted to try to mix it in. I know we brought in Frank and Casey, but we still want to try to mix in a couple of episodes with me and Artesia mm-hmm. to keep that thing funky and uh, keep you guys, the people, the listeners who've been following us all this time, acclimated with our voices. So I want you to kick off episode seven of Lovecraft Country. It was titled I Am. Yes. It, I, to me, the reason I'm asking you to kick it off is I think this is a more – it was, it was more of a woman or women's empowerment episode. Yeah, it was. I think the most important thing to me from I Am was the ability to be whatever and whoever you want to be. Like, she went through this whole thing. And even prior to, like, if you back it up and you go to the episode where Hippolyta was asking to go on a guy trip. Yeah. Even then, you could tell Her she, husband wa- George yeah, wouldn't let her go. she wanted more or she wanted to be involved in the process more, but he wouldn't let her go. For, like I guess safety reasons. Yeah, that's why I feel. I mean, because which it was like it was, you it was understand like Jim Crow. It. Yeah, like, this is Jim Crow South. Yeah, and he was trying to protect his wife. You but understand while protecting it. his wife, he assisted in the shrinkage of her personality. Exactly, her and intellect. that was something that she brought. Like being able to kind of transition and go back and relive those moments where she was able to have that conversation with George to talk about how she felt like she shrunk herself. Yeah. to be with him. Yeah, that was a very real thing. Also, being able to make the choice to leave your child yeah, behind. to go and have this experience. But she left her with Ruby. She left her in good she hands. She did. And it wasn't like she left forever, which yeah. was something that kind of made me upset with all the um, discussion groups about the episode because they were like, oh. But, what, but before you get into that, because you got to explain it a little bit in detail. So like you said, Hippolyta had never went on any of those guy yeah. trips. But with her husband dying mm-hmm. and actually being murdered. And on, she wanted answers. She wanted answers. And she wanted answers that Montrose, Atticus, and mm-hmm. Letty weren't giving her. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And Dee didn't know anything about it. Of course. So the, George, her husband, died in the second episode or the third episode. But he died with acts of magic. Mm-hmm. So they really couldn't explain that to her because right. they had just found out that magic actually existed. Mm-hmm. So... With episode seven, I am what I took from it, even though it was an empowerment show for women, it was empowering, period, for black people, in my opinion. Yeah. Because when she went out to the absor- is it the observatory that mm-hmm. she went out to and she fucked around with these buttons and shit and had this book and it opened up this uh, portal. And prior to that, nobody had been able to do it to open the portal. Right. But she was able to figure out the uh, what is that shit called with the solar system on it? The Ori. Yeah. That's what it was. So she was she everybody was hunting for this Ori and she had stumbled upon it because George had brought it back home mm-hmm. and she got the Ori working. Well, when she got the Ori working and went out to the what the fuck did I call that shit? Observatory. Yeah, that's when she, she went out to that shit, like the metaphysical portal opened and she went through the portal. Well, mm-hmm. when she went through the portal, she was locked in this fucking room with mm-hmm. this uh, intergalactic black woman with an amazing fro that basically was letting her <laughs> know, like, you're not trapped here. And Hippolyta didn't understand. She like she I'm, kept saying, "Name yourself. Name yourself. Yeah. Like tell me who you want to be. Yeah. You could be anywhere. You could be anything." And after she figured, like, finally coached her into being like, "Hey, I am Hippolyta." And who is a Hippolyta? Well, Hippolyta is somebody who wanted. She was like, "What do you want to do?" She's like, "I would love to be on Broadway." But she in Paris. didn't even get to that part until she actually was in Paris and talking to. Remember, because she just kept saying, "Where do you want to?" And then she said, "I want to be in that's Paris." What I'm saying. And then after she was there and she was having a conversation with Josephine Baker, that's when she was like, I am Hippolyta. No, I know. But what yeah. I'm saying is to get she when the med- the girl asked her, she was like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And she was like, I would like to be a backup dancer on Broadway oh, in Paris. With- shout out to her for that. Oh, scene my too. fucking I'm God. Sorry. Are we going to get no, the goddamn listen, point? I also wanted to point out about her doing that scene Who? as the backup dancer. Hippolyta. We will get to that. Yeah. She showed all the fat and the lady love. <laughs> Yes, she did. That was an empowering part, too. But they asked her what she wanted to be. She said, I want to be dancing background in Paris with Josephine Baker. This was profound because being in Paris in the 50s and 60s, as a black person, you were more well-liked. So that's why Josephine Baker even traveled outside of the United States to do so. Well, when she was there, she had that uh, talk with Josephine Baker. Mm -hmm. And she basically came to realize that who she was, and she verbalized it, like said it out loud. I am Hippolyta. Because a lot of times we know who we are, but the difference is saying it out loud and actually walking in that. But she prepped her with a couple other questions. I'm, I'll paraphrase the questions, but she was like, 
who do you, but who do you want to be? And she started going through all these things and she really couldn't tell her who she wanted to be. I should have rewatched it before I came, but she was like, why do you feel like, she was like, I just feel so small. I feel like I was never able to do these things. She was like, to be here is amazing to have basically be a mentor by Josephine Baker. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what do you feel? And this is what it was big for me. She was like, I feel like they, and when she said they, she was talking about white people. And she was like, I feel like they have found different ways to lynch us. They stopped lynching us physically, but they put us in a box mentally and red, with redlining and all these other things. They put us in a box and only told us that we could do so much. Mm -hmm. So they were still lynching us through lifestyle, through like we talk about all the time, systemic oppression. Yeah. We're like even today, black people are still being lynched. So then Josephine Baker says, So what's the solution? What do you want to do? This one, it was on my goddamn page because this is what I always talk about. Oh, she yeah. said, I want to fucking kill him. Mm -hmm. And she said, kill who? She said, I want to kill white men. And then as soon as she and said she that, said, I am Hippolyta and boom, man, it yeah. shot her into the motherfucking Africa right. where she was learning from. I, I forgot who it was, but she was learning from this African warrior mm -hmm. woman who taught her how to fight. And she kept kicking her down every time she came with a weak reply. She kept kicking her down until she built that strength up. Then she said, I am Hippolyta again. Mm -hmm. Then she was leading some Amazon African lady army. Oh, yeah. Over these it white. The uh, white the, the, no, but it was the I forgot the that side, the southern side of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. But she was fighting them and she killed them. Yeah. And they man, they cutting these motherfuckers heads off. The reason that part stuck out to me is I was like, first of all, how many TV shows mm -hmm. have we heard a black person, period? But a black woman yeah. be able to say, I want to kill white men. But, you know, that's HBO. They give you, they give you the real shit. Yeah. And I like that because it goes back to what I said. I was talking to a homie Jeremiah this week and we discussed what we can do. Because, of course, another unarmed black man was killed in Wolf City, Texas. Yeah. And this time this black guy was killed trying to break up a fight when they came. I guess he was just a amongst the ruckus. He had his hands up, got shot in the chest, two in the back. Mm -hmm. What I told people, like, fuck, I've been saying it for years. Fuck the prayers. Fuck all that other shit. Yeah. Blood for blood. Until blood for blood, some of this shit ain't going to never stop. You know how they have treaties and all this shit where it's just so much goddamn bloodshed mm -hmm. to where somebody says, hey, we can't keep doing this. We got to make a pact to say, hey, y'all get this much. Mm -hmm. We get this much. Sometimes you need a motherfucking war. And like I told my homeboy, the thing about not being able to have a war now is there's too many niggas pussy. And what I mean by that, niggas ain't willing to die. They ain't willing to die for their fellow man. Some niggas ain't willing to die for their wives, their kids. You mm -hmm. have to literally be willing to die and burn down some shit to be reborn. That's personally how I feel. And that's what I got from that part with Hippolyta saying what she said in reference to being free, fighting, and being who you want to be. Right. She got an opportunity in that episode to be somebody more than herself. She did. Now what about the, now we can go back to the part that I was trying to Thank you. talk about was after having gone through all those different scenarios, then being given the choice to stay there and be able to do that or to go back home. We don't know. And to, Yeah, we don't know. But what I was saying pissed me off about some of the conversations was because everybody jumped to the conclusion that she just decided to leave her daughter and do her own thing and, how that and make her, her like a bad parent. Yeah. But we, especially as women, shouldn't be defined by just the ability to be a mother or to be somebody's wife. It's like balanced. there is so much more to our lives than just those roles. But I think also because like Hippolyta talked about George shrinking her and yeah. her shrinking herself. And I'm like, nobody can shrink you unless you allow it. You allow it. And then sometimes, but sometimes it happens without you even knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but yeah. And so with him not being there anymore, I think that allowed her to really see like how she did yeah. shrink herself. Now what I will say to get back to what you were saying, I, it was very empowering to see Hippolyta because she's not a size two. She's not a three or four. Now she's not ugly. No. And she wasn't bad. And she's an older woman. She so is an older woman. To... But I did love, like you said, mm -hmm. her confidence. Because yeah. the first outfit was her background yeah. dancing for uh, Josephine Baker. And she had like this little, you know, feathery yeah. shit on. Like they dance with the stockings and your midsection out. Mm -hmm. Well, she got, I got, she got love handles like me. Yeah. I said, okay. <laughs> it gives you a little confidence. Right. And I, I wondered and I thought to myself, what does that do for the, the everyday woman? particularly the black woman 
who's curvaceous and nothing, yeah. everything, her imperfect, her imperfect perfection. Mm-hmm. It's, you see yourself on screen. Exactly. Finally having some representation. Having some representation. Everybody's not a size two. Yes. And you know what I loved about it? Nobody really said anything about right. her weight. They didn't make it a scene to make one they of them skinny girls. She didn't know the move. She didn't know the move. Not because. Of, because yeah. she was, looked seemingly mm-hmm. out of shape compared to these other, other women. When it's not about being out of shape, she's at a different point in her life. Right. And they left her the same way. Exactly. And I liked that they did that. They didn't change her into some, you know, cuter, younger, dark skin. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They left her as herself to live the life she wants to live. So I love that shit. Me too. We're so gonna now get the next. Episode eight. Yeah. I'll let you pick, uh, kick this one off. Uh, what was the title? Jigaboo. Jigabobo. No. Yeah, Jigabobo. Because this one was more so centered around Dee's best friend, Bobo, yes. which was a reference to Emmett Till. Shout out to Geechee because he got that in the second episode. Geechee of the Part of My Bullshit podcast. He's like, bro, you know, on episode two, he was like, that was uh, Emmett Till when they was doing the Ouija and board. And see, I, a lot of people were saying that, and I missed it. Yeah. Like, I remember that scene, but yeah. I'm having to go back and watch and it. And he even asked, because when they were doing the Ouija board, he said, will my trip down south be good? And it went to no before oh, it spelled wow. out George, which was her Dee's yeah. dad's name. Yeah. So putting all that together and his nickname being Bobo. So I think this, okay, so first of all, you know, I don't like to watch scary stuff. When yeah. I'm at home by myself. Adults so, and scary stuff. I, I don't know. understand it. We know it's not real. <laughs> I know. But I think this was the only episode, only because I had saw a Tops couple of, bops. yeah, I saw the visuals <laughs> and I was like, yeah, nah. I ain't, and it comes on late. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like if I had a one Tops and Bops, it was jigging, boy. <laughs> they, was, they spent the entire episode just dancing, they having had, a good time. I'm going to have to post some pictures. They had two pictures of them. It's like a light-skinned chick and a, a dark-skinned chick. Beautiful young girls. Yeah. Beautiful young ladies. But, but this one was just like more so an ode towards like the power of magic. Like the fact yeah. that the cop. Now, I couldn't deal with the scene of the cop actually casting the spell. Yeah. On, on the black D. girl. Because I don't like physical. As anybody knows who listens to the podcast, I do not like domestic violence of any kind. Men and women. I don't like spit. Spit. Yeah. And when they grabbed her in the alley. Fluids. Yeah. When they grabbed her in the alley and the cop uh, cast that spell and hocked the loogie on her Ugh. forehead. Like he cast that spell of Topsy and Bobsy, which is to, to hunt her. Yeah, to hunt her. And if you know anything about Uncle uh, Ben's cat, Uncle Tom's cabin, mm-hmm. like some of those references to those demonic type things are in those books and in the books from uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, I think it is. She wrote several books back in like the 1850s referencing things of that nature. I think it's Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, it's a movie on YouTube. It was like even with her oh, book, yeah. that shit was cast out of America. Like it was banned in America. Yeah. Like you can't get that shit nowhere. And somebody sent it to me on YouTube like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that shit is because it truly shows. It always goes back to what I say. I think it was banned because it truly showed how white people did or discarded black people. Like it gave you like it wasn't no like people be thinking watching shit like roots and shit is tough. No, man. No, this is like this is like being there. I didn't get through the first 15 minutes. I didn't Mm -hmm. get past the part when they was on the boat bringing them over. here. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get past it because it was that fucking raw. So definitely should read that book. But back into the movie, uh, the show, the, the most powerful part of this part so we can move on is. Emmett Till, mm-hmm. they interacted, they kind of reenacted everything that happened. The show started off with him dying, so on and so forth, spoiler yeah. alert. But the thing that I loved about it the most is Ruby's interaction with William, who Slash is actually Christina, because <laughs> they're using magic. It's too yes. much to get into detail. People won't even understand Just it. watch the show, people. But it was one part where Ruby said, you know, Christina was trying to understand Ruby, and she was like, this is not what I want to do today. This is not where I want to be today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She was like, do you even care that a black 14 year old was murdered? Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that they let her be honest about what a white person would and really say. Did. And they did. Because yes. Christina said, no, yeah. I don't care. But I don't she, understand. And I don't know. And then for her to turn it back around on Ruby and say, and I don't think you do either, because let's be real. If that's not where she wanted to be, she wouldn't have been there. But still, you can't. It's hard to explain because you would have to watch the show for us to tell the backstory. Yeah. But one thing that I did like, and it was very hard to watch. HBO did a great job, but it was very hard. But this is the only way white people will understand what black people go through. Yeah. Ruby asked her about, she was like, do you know the story for people who don't know the story of Emmett Till? He he, uh, was from the country in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. He went up to Chicago with his, oh no, he was in Chicago, came down to Mississippi to visit his family, never made it back because a white woman said that he whistled at her and he didn't. And some punk ass white men came in in the middle of the night, broke in his aunt's house, took him, beat him up, shot him in the face, 
shot him in the back, tied a cotton gin around his neck, and threw him into the goddamn uh, Chad or whatever river out there in Mississippi. In the show, Christina literally paid two white men to do the same thing to her. And she paid them because she had the privilege of magic Mm -hmm. to be able to bring her back. She knew she wouldn't die. But like they said on the Lovecraft podcast, she was like, the thing that I didn't like is why didn't she allow black men to do that to her? That just would have been that would have just yeah, that would have probably been too much for the real American white audience to see two black men beat a white woman like that and do what was done to Emmett Till. And the bitch who lied on Emmett Till later confessed like five years ago before she died on the deathbed that she lied about it. Right. But she reenacted the whole shit and they literally showed the whole thing of her getting punched in the face, beat down, shot in the chest, shot in the back, cotton gin tying around her neck. And they pushed the cotton gin into the water and the way the weight of the cotton gin and the and the barbed wire around her neck pulled her and grappled her off. You know what I'm saying? It was tough. Like it was tough, but it was a great show. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I tell people all the time. Are the right people watching it? Black people know the story. Yeah. Spider been around us. He heard the shit. But do people who really need to hear this shit, hear this shit? I think in those markets, some people do. They do. Because those shows like on HBO, like when you do, I'm sorry to say, but if you do a movie like that on BET or something, probably not going to get the coverage. It won't be shot well either. <laughs> won't be shot well. No, I'm just saying, if you probably wouldn't get the same coverage as you would on an HBO. For sure. Or, For sure. Yeah. So. HBO's good with that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, Do you remember is. on Watchmen? Yes. Yeah. And they showed the dude being hung from a first-person view? Exactly. That was freaky. Man. And it was crazy. that it, like, And then again, they allowed a white man to be hung mm-hmm. by a black man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not being funny, though. a black man in a wheelchair. But you need to see those things because you know what? It was some black people who got over on white folks back in oh, the day. Yeah. Like they, But like I said, if you show that, what is the narrative? that a black man is bold enough to kill a white man and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. We can't let niggas be seen doing that. Right. So we're going to keep that in the and we're going to keep that out of the news. Mm-hmm. They don't mind like present day. They don't showing mind everything. showing everything now about white cops killing black cops because you know what it does? It puts them in a position. It puts of power. them in a position of power and it also shows that we will allow this shit to happen if you get out of line. And we ain't going to do nothing. And ain't nobody going to do nothing about it until you finally see a nigga really rise up. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that Fred Hampton movie to come out. You know what I'm saying? What um, what's his name? The guy, uh, fuck it. The guy who was on um, Get Out. You know the Fred Hampton movie. He's like, I love my oh, people because yes. I'm for the. Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. Don't act gotcha. like you don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> gotcha. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I can't wait for that movie to come out. It's called The Black Messiah. Yeah. That's what it is. But before I get out of here off on this on um the Lovecraft Country, I was listening to the Lovecraft Country podcast and they were talking about the part where D told the cops. Fuck you, pig. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I like that. But it was after he had sent those demons after her. Mm-hmm. And like they said on their podcast, one thing that I don't think they understood is black people go through so much shit. Yes. We're not scared of the everyday shit that white people or other people are scared of. Mm-hmm. We're raised around drugs. We're raised around crime. We're ra- we don't want to be. No. But we're raised around a lot of things that people fear. Yeah. So when you sent when she when he sent Dolly uh Topsy and Bopsy after her and she finally stopped getting scared and just like in your dream when you mm-hmm. get tired of the monster you pick up something and you try to fight back because you sick of running that was that line that Montrose said too where he was if they like, come for you give them hell yeah. if white people come for you you give them fucking hell you mm-hmm. don't let them take you I talk about that all the time yeah. I be like if six white dudes try to fight me I'm knocking the first two out like a, I'm trying to set a tempo in this bitch <laughs> yes I'm setting an example. If you're going to take me down, somebody get knocked the fuck out. But she picks up the pipe and she fights back. Yeah. When I saw that part, I was like, what they didn't realize, she built up confidence fighting her demons. Mm-hmm. So when she saw him, she didn't even think about, yeah, no. oh, they're going to kill me if I say, fuck you, pig. No. So the girl on there, I wish I would have got her name on the podcast. She said, when is it okay to die? When is it okay to say what's worth saying, even though you may die? I think you know, everybody knows for themselves. When that moment is. I think it's every day for me. I say shit that's crazy all the time. But it's a lot of people that are not willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Like not the fear that white people have that we're going to take over. That's the they fear the power that they know we have. Right. We still don't know the power that we have, which is why we don't push limits as much as we should. Or we don't or say more, the things more that and we more should. People are starting to realize it, but are yeah. afraid, are still afraid to act on it. Exactly. Yeah. I need to be around some of the radical motherfuckers. But I thought that was a good point when she said, when is it okay to die? Those are the kind of decisions that black people have to make. Black children have to make when they decide to say something back Mm -hmm. to a police officer who may be going too far. Period. White girl crying. That's what you titled the next topic. White girl crying. (laughs) 
we went that, to. I uh, was trying to just jog my memory with that. Yeah. Because we were out um, this past weekend. Yeah, I went. I was trying to get like she'd been talking about competing, so I was like, all right, I'll go get an Apple Watch. Yeah. So I went and got my Apple Watch. We went and grabbed something to eat. Um, at Bar Louis because they've been this beer batter oh, cod. God. He was damn. talking about this. This shit's amazing. Yo, I just it went by amazing. that place uh Saturday. Yes, yeah. and uh like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I was down in Deep Ellum when they were boarding that place up. I was like, man, I hope it survives. Well, yeah, this they one, made it. yeah, this one did. So we were leaving there, bro. And we were leaving like you know when you come from the the park plaza, garage. yeah, the Park Plaza garage, yeah. onto seventy five. Like it's a little covered part. So it was a little white girl sitting there. She probably was like twenty two, twenty three. Now she was well dressed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she ain't homeless. So we you pull, were, we pulling up, and I'm looking, and I'm like, is she crying? You were like, somebody put her out. And I was like, somebody put her out of the car. You were driving, so I looked, and I'm like, oh shoot, she is crying. Yeah. Like, so I was like, I was gonna get ready to get out, and she was like, nah. Yeah. And I was like, my what heart you mean? went out to her because I was gonna be like, yo, do you need a ride? Like, yeah, no. whatever. And she was like, nah. And, and you kind of like, low key came at me because you were back to I what did. you said earlier. I did. You were kind of like black people too scared to what, and it was like, no, I'm not scared to help somebody, but I also have to be smart because this is a white lady on a certain side of town. And if you hop out the car, ain't no telling if the person that she got into it with is somewhere around. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. But ain't it crazy and that so, we even got to think like that, And so that, I bro? was like, you know what? All the best thing we can do is like, just say a quick prayer for her. You know, I hope she's okay. And that's it. And while we were sitting there waiting for the light yeah, to change, white a white lady, she came and got her or whatever. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm glad that happened. And you were still kind of like, oh, well, you could have did but, something. Yeah, but it wasn't being mad at you. It was more but so But it was like, just the way, it was a snide remark Yeah, because it, because it was more so, just, but it wasn't at you. I know that because no. I know my heart. Yeah. But for me, it was just like, it sucks. Because like she knows, like I said again, I hate seeing women be put out or pussy ass dudes like, doing shit that they got got no business doing or they know they they have a power or they got somebody right. scared and going to do this shit but for me it was just like I shouldn't have to think about race yeah to but help you just somebody be ready to spring into action period which is a good thing but also you have to kind of weigh your options too I get that but for me again it's like I, I guess I look at it and I'm like if I had my little cousin and my little niece and yeah. they're crying like I wouldn't want 50 white dudes to just drive by her if you they wouldn't. can a- if they can actually fucking help her but it, I get what you're saying, yeah. but not being funny, black people not going to see a white dude trying to help a black woman and be like, oh, let's kill this nigga or follow this nigga. Right. Nigga. And white people in this area specifically are capable of doing that. Exactly. So I get or that. Or calling the cops because exactly. they don't like, know what's going on, but yeah. they'll say, oh, this black, black dude with these up. dreads yeah. over here harassing this white woman. And then it's a whole nother situation. It's just so so crazy, we leave man. from there. And end up smack dab in the middle oh, of the a Trump, Trump back the blue parade <laughs> on back back 75. Back, they and blocked both far right <laughs> lanes, like slowing shit up. Even though he had came at me <laughs> sideways a little bit, I just got quiet. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the main reason why your ass didn't need to get out and do nothing. And then fast forward to now, the news of Jonathan Price getting yeah. killed. But that's for also the same thing. But he let's was trying to, I know. But yeah. let's also think about this, too. White people. No offense, Spider are so diabolical that could have been a setup in itself. Like white men that that are racist bigots mm-hmm. are that fucking diabolical that Especially they will with a Trump rally. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. They will set a trap. Yeah. Only to do like, yo, I'm gonna tell you that's like this. Like, say whatever you want. Ass in this I'm car. Gonna say whatever you want. You're gonna have to light me full of bullets like Denzel at the end of fucking training day to catch like I'm telling you right now. I, I man, look at her. White dude coming me sideways. I'm going through the roof, through the roof. God has been has blessed yeah, me and I, and this I far to have never have too. ran into the shit that fucking happens to other people. Not saying I'm so big and bad. You know that's ignorance to be like, oh, I'm just no. Yeah. But I am a nigga that will be willing to do something about it. Right. You ain't gonna just say no the matter shit. the cost. No matter the motherfucking cost. Like if me and you was driving somewhere and a cop was like, hey, you like not being funny. That shit on um. What was that movie with? Uh, boy. Yes, I knew exactly. Ain't no what fucking way about. a cop gonna fill to her watch. up in my motherfucking face. I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting the gun. He dead, and I'm taking like it's gonna be. There's no way you gonna disrespect a black woman in my motherfucking face. Ain't no way, and not my woman. You not. Not mine. Not my family. Not my friends. Exes, girl, anybody I'm close to. Man, I will put a motherfucking white man six feet deep. For some disrespectful, bigotry, racist ass bullshit. 
Well, on wax. I'm glad that you have not come into that type of situation, and I hope you don't. Moving right along to Yana Van Zandt. This is something you brought up. I don't watch. Yeah. I don't either. I was at home. I was bored. It was, you know, it, TV is dry right now. Outside of Lovecraft Country and about maybe one other show, the boys, but they roll that shit out like every Friday. So yeah, you don't get so it right it's nothing to watch. I was flipping through channels and I saw the Young Levanzan on talking to a panel of women. Were they black? Well, it was it was mixed, black, white. All. I didn't know Young Levanzan fuck with white people on that show. I've never seen one. This was more so, this wasn't like one of the Fix My Life series. Okay. It was more so like an actual talk show kind okay. of thing. It was gotcha. a special or something. Don't patronize me. <laughs> so she was, talking to this, she was talking to this panel and she had posed the question. Uh, they were talking about some problems that they were having dating. Yeah. And they didn't know that it was like men backstage listening. So she brought the men out and she posed the question and she was like, who here likes to be chased? And it was a black man that raised his hand. Yeah. So he stood up. And so she was like, okay, ladies, is it any ladies that like to chase men? And it was this one lady, she stood up and she was like giving off all this energy. What she meant to give off was, hey, I'm here, I'm available, yeah. I'm ready. But Ayanla was like, She stood Baby. up like a linebacker. She was like, you, give, <laughs> you look like you're ready to fight, yeah. not like you want love. Yeah. And so that was something that she was talking about. And it made me think, because prior to that, we had had a conversation. <laughs> standing up looking like, what's Queen Latifah <laughs> name on set it off? Like standing up looking like uh, Cleo. Was it Cleo? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think I give off aggressive energy, but we had had a couple of conversations where we talked about the fact that I like to debate too much. Yes, you And do. so they were talking about this on this segment. Yeah. And I was like, dang, is that really what I do? And so that was the relation. Yeah. And then I've been rewatching the game and all girlfriends and all these and watching them now as a grown woman. And your thirties. Yeah. It your thirties is when you're really an adult. It does. Like your twenties, you ain't nothing but a big ass kid who figuring out how things work. Right. And you judging the characters like, oh, I would never. Uh -huh. But really all along you have been doing the mm -hmm. same thing. Same shit. But I remember, like, you, like, your debates, I would just tell you, I'm like, what are we debating for? And see, in my mind, it was just a conversation. But listen, this is the thing, too. This is where we have to stop. Black men and black women and people, period. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll like you'll say what you're saying right now, understanding that you have faults. Mm -hmm. You'll have another black woman that'll be like, nah, girl, that's just you getting it off your chest. That's just oh, you yeah. not holding it back. That's yeah. just you black. Like, and you have to be mindful of those cheerleaders, too, yes. because I've I've actually gone to, like, some friends Cheering of mine. nobody to go home to. I will tell, like, certain stories, and I will really lay myself on yeah. the line and yeah. be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I haven't done. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, no. It's still him. Yeah. And no, it's not. No, bitch. Not all the time. <laughs> no, bitch is. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But see, and but it's the same thing with niggas. That's why I used to tell you all the time, I was like, I don't want to be around dudes who are like, man, just go get you another bitch. Yeah. Man, just go fuck another girl. Because that's the easiest Like, you want the nigga response or you want the response that's going to actually get your relationship right. back on track? No, I'm Because the nigga response is, yeah, fuck that nigga. Go get you another person or do something to make him mad. But yeah. if you want to be, if you want to work through something, I told her I've been watching Private Practice Season 2, Episode 17. Mm -hmm. Cooper and Charlotte. Charlotte trying to get back with Coop, you know, work things out. Coop done moved in with his best friend, which is a female. Mm -hmm. She tries to get back at him, so she goes sleep with a person in the office that they work together with. She tells this nigga, thinking he's going to trip out or, you know, whatever the case may be. And he said, no, I know you're mad. I know we're fighting. I'm mm -hmm. going to let you have that one. You cheated. I'm going to let you have that one because I can see it's tearing you up. Yeah. So I'm going to let you have that one because you're mine. I belong to you. You belong to me. That's some real shit. Mm-hmm. But you do it again, it's a wrap. Right. Why let something go that you know you really want to have? Yeah. Why fuck up something that you know that if you lose it, you're going to be sickened behind it? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that you should, those are the kind of people you should have around you right now that say, yeah, you could do that. What is the result of that? Right. Yeah, you could do this. Humble yourself. Subdue, what is it? Subdue the ego. Yes. And then next thing you know, you ate a little crow and, and, and things are all all better. That's something I didn't realize I had an issue with. But it's the same thing that people called other races of women weak for. No. Okay. So my example goes to the game season one, episode 19. Look at you. Come through with your where? notes. I'm proud of her. <laughs> this is another reason why we didn't get episode 295. I said, where's your notes? Where's your preparation? Now she's here. Oh Go ahead. We, we in this thing. So 
This is the episode where Tasha was dating Coach T and he had already talked to her about being a little bit too overly aggressive. Yes. And he was like, I need peace. So she went to Kelly and asked Kelly. Kelly yeah. is the white character. Yeah. She asked her for advice. I and she And she said, you white women know how to make your men feel more important than they really are. She was like, and I might die alone just because the stat at that time in 2007, which I can only imagine what it is now. Mm-hmm. But she said 42.4% of black women over 30 are never going to get married. And so Kelly's advice to her was, it's all about picking your battles. She was like, every little thing doesn't have to be a power struggle. Nope. And that's something that I didn't realize I had an issue with until, after, I think after we broke up. But we're pitted <laughs> against each other. So it's kind because, it's our I mean, fault, but right. it was set up this way. Because even in conversations that we have now as friends, it's like, you'll say something and I automatically feel inclined to Go either back. match you or one up you. And I'd be like, why? And really, it's no reason. No reason. <laughs> And it's, it's a, a lot it's of times, a battle I of the egos. like literally, Spider, I'll call her one day and I'll be like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to catch you on another <laughs> one because I'm not about to do this shit today. But I think that's probably also why health business works well is that same kind of energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we put, we, and the thing about it is she is bullheaded, but if a certain way comes about, like she's willing to listen and change immediately. But the thing about it is how many black women are. And I think that's and you why don't like I to put context it. on it, but you have to put context on it by saying black women. And that's not because black men also mm-hmm. have to learn to fall back and be willing to give. You also have to give not just black women. You have to give women space to speak. And that's the other part. Yeah. And that's why I coasted for so long, because I was like, yo, I'm not the typical black woman. Yeah. And I've always prided myself on being that. Yeah. So when somebody comes to me and they say, oh, you're you argue too much. or you, And I'm like, no, I don't argue. And yeah. then you say, oh, you debate. Eh, it's true. That doesn't sit well with me or it, it is, didn't. Yeah. Until I had to accept the fact that, yeah, I do that. But there are things <laughs> that we all can learn to do better from opposite races, from other people, from mm-hmm. different genders. Like, we got to stop this shit because normally, and she's grown because if I would have said that five years ago, she'd be like, I ain't white. You ain't going to just run over me and say whatever you want to say. And I'm like, that ain't me running over you. That's you literally picking your Like I've told, I've dated white women, never argued. And, oh, hi, you never, never argued because there's no fucking, if if you're doing what you're supposed to do and what this person has told you they need it, where is the argument going to come in? The argument only comes in if you're not loyal, if you're lying, if you're disrespectful. So when you see that and you see that, hey, you know what? I can do this better. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned, you used to always say, you was like, you shut me down when I'm talking. And I used to be like, well, I ain't trying to, mm-hmm. but it ain't about what I'm not trying to do. Yeah, you can you see it. yourself doing this shit and then when you see yourself doing it how the fuck do you rectify that mm-hmm. what else did Ayana teach you that was the, I mean that was the main thing it was just like not even necessarily teaching but just reminding me of stuff that I had already been processing but you also like you also I'll tell a lot of black women and black men you can't listen to our, I'm gonna be honest what is the elders gonna teach us I now, mean, that's I'm, another I'm, I'm, thing. I'm sorry. We we always do this respect your elders that's shit. Thing. But what is your elders really and I'm fucking surprised teaching by you? how many elders come to me for advice? Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm tapped out. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. At this point. But nobody knows. <laughs> that's the point. But you should have some kind of playbook. Right. By a certain age where you tried something different. Right. I heard Colin Cowherd say this on, on his uh, show the other day on Fox. And he said, I'm not knocking the older generation who stayed at a job for 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. That's but what, what worked for them. That's what worked for them. But where did it get you? Right. What challenges did you have? Mm-hmm. How much growth was there? But they talk about the millennials who jump around mm-hmm. two to three years, five years, because they're looking for mon- more money because they understand their worth and, and they, they understand the work that they put in yes. and they want to be valued. So many times people stayed in marriages and relationships being devalued because they didn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're taking risk at being alone longer and not getting married, but man, everybody deserves to be valued. Right. You shouldn't stay in a 20-year marriage or relationship where somebody's not valuing you. Or just for the kids. Or just for the fucking kids. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. We're going to take a quick break. We got a two-hour show, but we're not doing two hours, but we are going to do about an hour and a motherfucking half. Oh. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Shade of blue 
teasing this these songs she be picking, man. That's my song. Well, that and uh, what's her name? Lauren something. You God always listen to some different music. I don't. Yeah. I don't. That's well. I guess title does that for you. It's like title. Title gives you so much black music on demand. It's Natalie Lauren. It's Never like, even heard of her. Yeah, she has this song "God Morning." That's like I listen to that every morning. It's like a morning thing. Get my day started right. Mm. And then she has a couple other songs on her album that I love. Yeah, so. I like to get my day started with popping my collar. <laughs> I, I, could, I literally thought you was about to say a good little blunt and something else. <laughs> well, yeah, blunt, blunt. I was bracing myself because you never Boy, know what spider comes I was telling, that's what I was, shout out to the homie um, George and O out at U Unisex Salon out in DeSoto. I was talking to O about that. I went and got an early haircut um, mm-hmm. one weekend and I was like, man, I was high. George was like, you still sleep? I said, man, I'm high as a kite. I was like, my high kind of wore over from last night mm-hmm. that I smoked this morning. And it just took me back there. Mm. And I was like, I was drinking some coffee, and O was like, ooh, he's like, that's the best thing. Really he's like, is. I wake up in the morning, he was like, I smoke, and then I get a hit of caffeine through some good coffee. Yep. Mm. It is, man. It's like it puts you back to square one. It but does. In a different way. In a different way. Yeah. It, it balances you. And uh, I got a shout out, Case and Coffee, the black-owned coffee company around here. It is amazing. Man. Where is it located at? Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. Fort Worth uh, always got some dope shit going on. I think it's just Case and Coffee, C-A-S-O-N on social media. Yeah. Like, they sponsored a show up here and brought a bunch of coffee up. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm hooked. You did tell me about that. I think you showed me a bag, but yeah, I didn't. So, we'll have to get that information so we can put it in in the description so we can just give a shout out to them. Yeah. So, this past week, first of all, this is October. This is my birthday month. Mm -hmm. Labor season, full effect. Yeah. But... So my birthday is October 22nd. So me and Artiz are always trying to figure out, okay, what do you want to do? How you want to do this? Or we always, we've been doing photo shoots for a while now. Mm-hmm. So now we're trying to push ourselves to be like, all right, let's really do some, a photo shoot. Like, let's really put this shit together. And Next level. Because we always do the shoots, but take yeah, it up a notch. A lot of times it's like we, when we look back at it and we're like, man, we just wanted to have fun. Right. But we realize how simple it is. And we're like, all right, how can we push the needle a little bit? Yeah. So we, you know, we uh, linked up with some people who, with Ian, shout out to Ian. Mm-hmm. He shot our last videos and stuff for the beginning of season 14. Right. And, we, and this was just on like some friendship, let's catch up yeah. type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you talking about going out? The reason yeah. for us going out. Yeah. Yes. He just got back in town or whatever. So we was like, first it was just going to be me and him. And then his girl, Lindsay, hit us up. Shout out to Lindsay. Mm-hmm. She listens to the podcast. Like literally, Lindsay, we fucking love you. We fuck with you. Yeah. And we had a great time with you and Ian the other night. So we went out just to hang out. Yeah. But what we realized is, first of all, Ian is kind of quiet. Yes. He laughed a lot that day. That yeah, was we great. got to see a different side. Got to see a different <laughs> side of him. Lindsay had a, like, we got to see a different side of her, too. She was real quiet at the shoot, but she laughed a lot, yes. you know. And it was funny because when she first told me, she was like, well, first of all, this is the way it happened. She was like, hey, if you need a stylist for the next shoot, mm-hmm. you know that's what I do. Let me know. I'll come through. Mm-hmm. Now, I had already been looking for a stylist. I told you that. Mm-hmm. I had already been vetting him. So it was perfect that she heard it from the podcast and brought it to us. So I was like, yeah, let's all just go hang out and eat. Yeah. We talking. We chilling. I'm saying all this to say this. This is probably one of the best oh, link yeah. ups. Hands down. In the middle of the week. Conversation. Um, being in the area. It, it has so many dynamics to it because we're in an area there where it's now a struggle for an identity, meaning gentrification mm-hmm. in, in South Dallas and Bishop Arts District. So for us being black and then being white, hanging out, went out to Eno's Pizza, had great conversation. Um, it was a nice day, so it, we were able to sit outside. Like, and, Yeah, and the conversation was great because we had the conversation. Race came up. A lot mm-hmm. of other things came up. But it was a 100% respectful and learning situation. Right. Like me and you talked about anxiety and other things that a lot of black people don't talk about, but we're getting to those points mm-hmm. of, and, and opening up spaces to be able to freely talk about those things. Yeah. Her talking about some of the things that she's went through and what and what I saw when I was there was these are the things that a couple of years ago I'd have been like, that's white folks shit. Yeah. Or nah, I ain't trying to do that with no white folks. You know what I'm saying? Or if it was a race war like it is in America right now, I didn't used to be able to turn that nozzle right. on and off like, about I don't have the energy, energy to fuck with no kind of white people, yeah. no white people at all. Mm-hmm. And being around Lindsay and Ian, we were able to say those things to them kind of like we do around Spider with mm-hmm. no offense being taken, but an understanding to an extent being had. Right. So those conversations, I, I think we realized that 
for me, friendship comes in different forms. Oh, yeah. It comes in different spaces, comes in different times. And the best friendships come when you're not looking for them and you don't expect them. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, no. I, I mean, just... I wasn't the only one sitting there. <laughs> no, you weren't. It For me, it was just refreshing because those were the types of conversations that I've always wanted to have. Like, because sometimes people, especially when you're younger, you go out with your friends and yeah. it's just like surface level shit. It's Basic. like, let's go have drinks. Let's go get brunch. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing over yeah. and over on repeat. Yeah. But this one really had a deeper feel to it, yeah. which made it more exciting. And before we knew it, it was like late into Three, the evening. Three, four hours had passed. Right. We and we didn't even know. An hour, exactly. Maybe two. And the funny thing about it was having uh, racial, interracial, biracial conversations and the, the white, the onlookers <laughs> and the white people that were sitting around that were trying to catch an ear and ear hustle. Right. You know, because I was not being funny when I know white people laugh. are ear hustling. I always get a little louder. So to make sure they can hear what the fuck's being said. But like we were just <laughs> I, I'll tell you this too, Lindsay, if you're listening, when you listen, like you made me feel like Chris Rock. Or like Dave, she'd be like yes. the way she was grabbing oh, her stomach, God. laughing. I was like, I am not this funny. And that one outburst, she oh, made she me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know how sometimes you laugh or get away from you yes. before you know it. You get you maybe either cackling or you snorting, yes. but you realize you're doing it. And you're like, yo, I gotta dial this back real quick. <laughs> so Lindsay, we appreciate uh, having that. One of the things that it made me love Lindsay, we were talking about doing the shoot, mm-hmm. and Lindsay was like, uh, so we should go to Neiman's and go look around, and we're gonna do this and this and that. And I was like, huh? I was like, we go look at I was like, I don't know if we're trying to shop like that for the shoot. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just looking. So this is the thing that I loved about it for real. Because she was like, you know, so many people do shoots, buy clothes, take them back, do whatever the case may be. I was like, that's another thing as a black person oh, yeah, no. that black people ain't about to do. I'm not about to go shop at an expensive Hell ass no. store Hell and return no. it. Now, some of you niggas may do that shit. But like I told her, I said, as a black person, you feel a way because you're going to be getting watched and they're going to be I'm following you and around. As if it's an absolute must. But like. this is what I loved about Lindsay. She said, if y'all ever buy something from there, just let me know. I'll take it back. I said, girl, way to use your motherfucking privilege. She was like, because she knows they're not going to say anything to her. You offered to be a hood guy. Yeah, and I told her, I said, if you ever need a hood nigga and a guy in the hood, shit, you hit me up. I'll give you some of my privilege. You, That's how you get a fucking head. But I loved it because Ian and Lindsay are people who extend, like, they have real good servitude. Yeah. Like, they're willing to serve and help others. Great energy. Great energy. You know, like they reaching out to you. You ain't got to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. I do want black people to be better. Jump into another subject. Like we thank you, Lindsay and Ian. We love you guys. Yes. Hopefully we'll uh, continue to see you. We'll be seeing you soon and possibly this week. Well, actually this weekend. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about black people doing better. So I'm going on my NBA journey. I told you. Yes. I've been through a lot of situations where, you know, when you do the NBA shit, you got to write a letter. You got to do a little bit more shit to get in. Yeah, it's real. So. In the process of needing like assistance with, first of all, I got the recommendations were like gleaming. Oh they, God! Like shout out to Julian yes. Rodriguez, uh, Wait, professor of electronic news. Do you have that day. note? You, know you can what? look for it. But like the the reviews, shout out to the professors, shout out to Dr. Safisha Hill, uh, professor in African American studies at the University of Texas in Arlington. Thank you. My um, what is alma mater? I don't really do all that dick riding shit that people do when they graduate from college. It doesn't matter. Uh, but thank you to these people. Thank you to the homie, uh, homie Overton. I appreciate you, uh, Artesia. You wrote me a letter. Thank you. Thank you for everybody who fucking assisted. But when it came time to write my letter, and I reached out to other people who had been in this process, it took them weeks and even months to get back to me for some assistance. Mm-hmm. And even now that I'm in the program, thank God. I've been going through some shit. I got to take some classes and shit. And I'm like, yo, this shit is daunting. Shout out to the homegirl, Jennifer Mays. She reached out to me. We talked a little bit about certain things, but I reached out to a couple, a couple of people to help me understand some things, what they may, you know, went through when they was getting their NBA and what am I up against? Mm-hmm. A lot of people dropped the ball. That's okay. I'm not here to talk bad, but I'll just say we have to do better when it comes to helping each other. Because sometimes the best thing that you can give another person is advice and some of the experiences that you had to help me or keep me from going through some of those experiences. You couldn't find it? Oh, I just stopped looking because I didn't want you to think I wasn't present. When I said what she was doing, that was you could have used that at another time. (laughs) That wasn't even a good way to use it. Whatever. But but 
that that's all I had to say in reference to the NBA thing. But like I say, this is a journey. What I will say, anybody who wants to do more or do better with your life, it's up to you. Right. That's the and, conversation I've been having with people. And what I what I told you was when we talked the other day, also don't get so caught up in looking for the help. You did say that. Like, and just, I appreciate it. Just that. walk in it and the help will come. I'm trying to find the yeah. thing, but I really thought I had it. Keep I was going. trying to um, find it. But I think that's the biggest thing, too, especially with black people. A lot of people are fearful because they've been told what they can't do or they haven't been exposed to certain things. So and when exposure it comes, is so important. Right. So when it comes time to do it, it's like you kind of feel like you have to talk to this person, get this advice, do this. And no, it, it's no actual blueprint to it. No. You just start doing it. And when you start doing it, the answers that you need will make them what make their way to you. All right, so I got the Did letter. You find Do you want to read it? Oh, okay. Or you want me to read it? If your phone ain't janky, I'll read it. Whatever. If my phone ain't janky, man, like he <laughs> really you like here turning and he really like he really did write a great letter, bro. And like when he wrote the letter, I told her, "Tz, I said this ain't me." And she was like, "This it is, is you. you. He just it's used just elegant the... words, and he used all those words that people like those big words." Right. Okay. So it says, "Dear Graduate Committee." Anthony Roberts has outstanding intellectual qualities and has always shown interest in graduate school. He is entrepreneurial and has developed outstanding formats and platforms for the production and distribution of underrepresented content. Anthony is an overachiever by nature, a self-starter invested in creating bridges within our diverse American society. It is always enthralling to interact with students like Anthony in and outside of the classroom. His deep interest in multicultural communication racism in America and use of multimedia platforms to reach and interact with audiences enriches his inclusive view of the world. I enjoy very much having long conversations with Anthony as he welcomes complex ideas and invites others to pursue intellect and empathy. We need more leaders like Anthony, Americans who are called to facilitate open communication among communities in times of stressing divides. It is an honor for me to provide Anthony with letters of recommendation. I truly provide or I truly believe he has the character to pursue and thrive in your graduate program at the University of North Texas. Anthony Roberts' application has my full support. If you have any questions about Anthony, please do not hesitate to contact me. And when I read that, I actually read it to my supervisor yeah. <laughs> because I just was so proud. Yeah, and when he when when he sent it to me, I was just like... Because I was like, this is you. like. But it's how I've always said I wanted to be seen. Yeah. Like a lot of times people look at me and they You give like, everybody like the rough around the edges, yeah. but that's you on paper. And, like, and it's crazy because I'm like, I do. Like anytime, if anybody ever fucking talks to me, all I talk about is like helping people. Mm-hmm. How to help people. How to fall back. What can I do to be better? Race how can relations. I, huh? Race relations. And even race. Like, I, like that's what I said. Another thing I loved about Lindsay, like when she was listening to the podcast, yeah, she was like, I hear how hard and harsh you speak in reference to white people she's like but i understand why in the times that you do i've also listened to enough episodes to know that you call out uh, no i also listened to enough episodes to call you know that hearing you call out black people calling out yourself Mm -hmm. and other places this is just my opinion none of this shit is fact or right right but my opinion matters to me on your platform especially exactly and i have a lot of other people who have the same vision and mindset but they don't have the gall to say the shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the problem. That's the difference. I'm, I, I would like to look at myself like John Lewis, get into some good trouble. I'm a good trouble type of nigga. But I damn sure look forward to some bad <laughs> trouble if a say, motherfucker bring it my way. Sides. You goddamn right <laughs> I am. And see, a lot of people think that shit's crazy. I had a friend tell me one time, he said, my mom, you remind me of my mom. Mm-hmm. And he was like, she was always loud. She always stood, like, like loud in what she believed in. She stood her ground, whatever, whatever, whatever he said. But in he was like, but in her field, it got her by herself. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. It shouldn't get you by yourself by being real. Because America has made you be like, yo, the faker you are, yeah. the more people like you. Half the motherfuckers who got millions of followers on Instagram are fake as shit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's faking their body type or whether it's faking what they're giving social media and they're crying on the outside or committing suicide. Ain't nobody got time for that kind of shit. Mm-mm. What's the next topic? Uh, so Do better. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Wow. Because I'm about to bring my <laughs> shit back up. Asking for the raise you deserve. Nah, nigga, that's you being more assertive. You're going to skip right over your part. <laughs> boy, this is a trashy motherfucker here, boy. 
She knows she put this shit in her. No, do you, the work. You actually put this on here. I copied this from the previous notes. Because so, you need yeah. to. You, so, so basically, thank you. What's been going on with me in my career transition is I've butted heads with a lot of white people. Man, let's just it's <laughs> the pro, I'm, outside of the niggas we know, and I ain't even got to say this. White men are the problem. Yes, they really are. They and, are and the fucking has, problem. Yeah. It's made itself ever so clear Yes, in this transition for me because I've had, I don't know how many altercations. And, you know, I'm very non-confrontational. Yes. So yeah. for me to be caught up in an altercation is yeah. like, it says a lot. And so, yeah, white men have really tried to bully me during my recent transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, also having to have discussions with my mentor. We... And I told her one time, Spider, I no. said, if you need me to come with you oh, when you're viewing these houses to stand outside, I'll, I'll wear never all black. be able to. I said, I'll drive the car, <laughs> I'll open the door for you, and I'll stand outside the car. I would like never I'm be your able motherfucking to driver. make a dime, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you would make a dime, but they wouldn't be fucking with you. It may be Suge Knight kind of I, dimes I, where we both guard niggas <laughs> and just taking this shit, but you're going to get your coin. While I certainly appreciate That's the name of the podcast. You're going to get, get your, your coin. coin. Yes. But anyways, I had a discussion with my mentor because there was this one particular situation where the guy was just really giving me a hard time. And so she was like, you know what? Let's get him on the phone. Let's do a three way. Yeah. I called him and uh, he didn't answer. Yeah. So she has another line. So she called him and she put him on speakerphone. Yeah. And we're, you know, even from the moment that he got on the phone with her. His tone was completely different. Yeah. Mind you, she's a black woman too. Yeah. She's been in the game much longer than she's I have. Assertive. She's very assertive. Mm-hmm. And I when when the call ended, I was like, Do you know him? Like, cause I'm in my mind, I'm yeah. just blown away. I'm like, Do you know him? Yeah. Because he was just basically like giving her all the information that yeah. I needed that I had been asking him for yeah. and never could get. And she just kind of started laughing and she was like, You know what it is? She was like, I didn't ask him anything different. She was like, I didn't say anything different. Yeah. She was like, your tone sometimes That's is it. too nice. She was like, it's okay to be a bitch. And I've heard this. Make sure this is fucking with me unless they want some real shit. <laughs> this is the only critique that I've received throughout my career. That's like it. The, the only critique. When you worked at uh, what's I'm that amazing. place in downtown, like uh, yeah, uh, with the, the white lady, commercial real estate yeah. company. And I, yeah, I, and even then, you was like, she's saying I'm too nice. She want me to. She, you was like, I can't be a bitch. And I said, you got to be a bitch because to the in people my who mind, deserve it. yeah, in my mind, I was thinking if I allow myself to be a bitch, I'm just gonna be a bitch all the way across the board. Nah. And so now you I'm get that shit to those who deserve it. Exactly. So that was the conversation, and I'm like. It's been difficult, yeah, but it's paying off. It's gonna pay off. It's it's. And this is the thing. I feel like if you ever dated me or you ever a friend of mine and you are a woman, mm-hmm. you said my presence makes you feel like when we were together you couldn't say what you wanted. But I champion you having a voice, and I champion you having a backbone. Oh, because yeah. when we used to be together, I used to be like, you can't let me do this. If you let me do this, other niggas will do this. If you let me do this see, and people see me doing this, they right. gonna think they can do this shit. And it's just a part of kind of like knowing your role, too, because like I told you, the thing that I struggle with with you is prior to I could move how I wanted to move. I could say what I wanted to say. I never thought twice about it. But it's like one of those things where you get into certain situations and you like, well, I might not be able to do that with him. But that's the thing. It's it's so crazy. And I think that's but I think that's bad to me on a part of a man. Like when a woman can look at a man and be like. Yeah, I could do that. It's levels to it. But then, because I ain't never had a one. That's why people. Because I've always been ain't in no control. No one has run over me. Not I know how to balance a checkbook. <laughs> I know how to run a household. I've never lived with a woman, and I've said this before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Most men allow certain. When a man doesn't know how to do certain things, mm-hmm. he needs a woman to do those things. So you can say and do certain right. things to a nigga who need. I don't need. No yeah. woman. I want one anytime I choose one. Clear. I will make it goddamn clear yeah. verbally. I'll write it down. I'll act it out. I will give you gestures. <laughs> we can play character. But you're going to goddamn know that I do not need you. Yes. But I do want you if I choose to be with you. Yes. So that was that was the big. Be more assertive. And that rolls into the next one. Black people, ask for what the fuck you deserve. I just sat down and talked to my manager. I said, I need to write a proposal about what? I need a raise. I need another raise, not this yearly shit. I need to put this shit on paper, showing what I'm doing. Put these. I'm tired of the verbal accolades. And see, that's the thing. I don't. I don't. I've never had a problem asking for it. I guess still because yeah. I've been. Used but I'm just to saying that, overall, like, you know, that's that what nice, black people do. Very, you know. Yeah, but and in for your, the most part, it's gotten me far. Yeah, but when you start talking. 
tens and hundreds of thousands. Yes. We ain't talking about, no, you got to tell these motherfuckers because yeah. white men don't like giving no money out and they damn sure don't like giving it to niggas. <laughs> so you got to be assertive. Yes. So that's why part of the reason why I decided to do the uh, career switch, period, is because I knew it was going to stretch me. I kind of felt like I had reached the, yes. the ceiling and I wanted to go. Same thing, I'm going for my MBA. Like, I just got tired of being the smartest motherfucker in the room. So it's been giving me hell, but I'm glad I'm doing it, and I'm I'm learning, and I'm making it happen. Man, tell the motherfuckers, kiss your ass. For all the white people that's listening, (laughs) white men are the problem. That's the name of the podcast. White men are the problem. Because of the the ones who know that they're not, they Mm -hmm. know. I've talked to white people who say white men are the problem. When I say white men, I'm talking Trump. I'm talking Pence. I'm talking Biden. All the people that are in charge. Yes. Right. That's what I'm saying. The ones who are in charge running this country, mm-hmm. you, the motherfucking country hillbilly hicks that think Trump in your fa- he's not in your favor. Biden is not either. Right. All of this shit is set up. We are the puppets. The string is the government, and them niggas is just janking everybody around. And everybody fighting everybody when them niggas is causing all of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the podcast. White men are the problem. And white women who have privilege who act too goddamn stupid to understand their fucking privilege. <laughs> like that white girl Jamel Hill posted on her page. I forgot her name. Is that the one where they asked her what she do? No, this oh. is where the white woman was complaining about. She had went to like a city council meeting because they had been telling her like tr- that she was complaining on how she had been getting treated because she wasn't wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, bitch, yeah. take that on somewhere. And she's like, this is why our country is like this, because people are discriminating. No, bitch. Yeah. White men are the problem. Yeah. White men that run the banks, they scamming the shit. Mm-mm. White government who run all this shit with taxes, they scamming the shit. Mm-hmm. And black men sometimes are right behind them because they want to be like the white man and have that kind of power. So mm-hmm. men overall the are the goddamn problem. So. We about to get ready to wrap this bitch up. Episode 300 is on the way. We got about four more episodes until episode 300. Yes. We're still trying to figure out if we're going to call episode 300 the end of the season of 14 or we just going to keep rolling through. I think they're still going to, I mean. We're going to keep rolling them? Four more, because it's only going to be four more episodes. It could be more. I'm just saying. This is what. I mean, th- we better get. The, we gotta this is get, the part of running your own shit. You can do it how you want to. Yeah, it's been so sporadic with the quarantine. I kind of feel like we have to do a few more episodes. We will. And then we kind of got to give enough content because we keep going back and forth about whether or not it's going to be the last season. I don't know. So I just think we may take or the last break. season in this format. Yes. I also want to say uh, my apologies to some people. I, I know I've been booking myself up and I haven't been hanging out with people and been meeting. So I want to apologize for that. I got a lot going on. <gasps> a lot of shit is happening. I'm trying to grow and stretch myself. Mm-hmm. Like I think, Oh, also October 30th at six ten. Central Standard Time, me and Arteza will be on uh, Robert's Media Group Live with yes. the Martin Green book. Yes. And what is the Martin Green book? I don't know if people watch that movie. So it's basically from the Green Book, which was a guide for, you know, black businesses or safe places for black people to go. And so they've revised it, made it more modern. Yes. And they're dedicating it towards black business owners. So we're going to be featured on their platform, telling them a little bit about Robert's Media Group, what it is that we do. Yes. Again, that's on October 30th on Robert's Media Group um, IG. Yes. We'll be going live 6, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll only be on there maybe 10 to 15 minutes right. because within the hour they interview multiple black businesses. Right. So if you get an opportunity, we'll be doing more promotion and putting stuff out like that. Also, if you get the opportunity, if you listen to the podcast and you like the episode, even if you don't like the episode, leave us a star, one to five. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating or a review like don't I used to say. One star. Man, I don't give a care. We I don't care if it's good. Like I used to say, I don't care if it's good or bad. We just want to hear from you. <laughs> we just want to hear from you. I know I haven't talked about it or said it as much, but the listenership has grown. Mm-hmm. So we would like to get some of the ratings and reviews. What does the rating and reviews do for us? Well, if you're on a um on a platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it gets you uh, one of those top slots for a must-listen to or a news and noteworthy podcast. So mm-hmm. the more you send in those rating and reviews in, even if it's not us, for shows and other podcasts that you're listening to, especially podcasts and color. I mean, you're already listening, so why not? Why just not just go on over there while you're listening, tap. scroll it up, tap, tap, leave a review, even if you just like episode 287 or 295 was the shit. Right. That's fine. Cue Who the loves music. somebody? That, I feel like Cue this the is music an award show. Go, yeah. <laughs> 
My point is to let people know, man, love people the right way. And black people, man, we want you to be safe out there during this time. And we hope you guys make it home. I was going to ask you what you're on, but I already know. <laughs> hope my hood make it home. May your streets be paved with gold. I remember my senior year. Never forget this nigga named Willie Whitmore. Are we going to start the episode? Yes, this is a part of it. Willie Whitmore. That nigga, man, I think we lost (laughs) 42 to 24. And everybody was like, man, Willie Whitmore ran all over you. I'm looking in the paper. He was was like 18 for 25 for 320 yards. Nigga had like 20 rushes for 275. I'm like, this nigga's 21. He should be on his third year of college. He He out here playing with us. His bench press ain't the same. His squat game ain't the same. His intelligence may not be in the classroom, but goddammit, he had it on the football field. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.